It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. And now here's the star of our show, James Van And car con carne. We are now live on Facebook, still in quarantine. It's quarantine con carne. I'm James Van Alstel and Carcon Carne, sponsored tonight by C&H Financial Services. As business owners are opening back up to serve their communities, they're faced with a lot of challenges as they navigate through this new normal brought on by the coronavirus. C&H Financial Services is here to help. C&H offers a variety of products that range from traditional merchant accounts to a zero-cost payment processing solution, which eliminates the expense associated with accepting Visa, MasterCard, Discover, and American Express as a form of customer payment. To learn more, contact C&H Financial Services at 855-600-2437 or go to chfs.us. My guest today, he is Nick Perry. Uh, we first knew you in the band Silvertide in the beginning of the uh, century. And uh, these days, it's Nick Perry and the Underground Thieves' new album out on the 14th of August. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, oh you're just saying that. Look how cool your studio is. You've got, like, the incense burning. you got the neon cactus. You look so rock right now. Thanks, man. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I'm just doing me. I don't know. I'm just uh, <laughs> I'm relaxing. I, are, I'm are you on like... a beanbag, too. So one of the ongoing topics we have is putting out content in this time of pandemic. There, there are a bunch of schools of thoughts thought about how to release content, be it music, film, books, whatever. Some people say, wait until things become more normal. Other people say, get the content out there. I, I'm of the latter. I, I say that there's never been a time where we've wanted and needed content more. Perfect time for you to put out this album. Well, thank you. Uh, I, I'm also in that boat, and and really, some of it wasn't up to me. So I'll be, I'll be honest. I've I've had the good fortune of the timeline working in my favor, and what people don't know is that you know it's been two and a half years behind the scenes to make this record. The first day, the first day, studio time was booked was December first, two thousand seventeen. <laughs> okay. So this has been a two and a half year journey and it's been in the pipeline and it's ready to go. I'm grateful that it's done because if it, if it had played out in a different way, if we're still trying to get studio time and finish the album now, it would obviously be tremendously more difficult. So oh, yeah. um, I can't take all the credit. There was a little bit of luck involved, a lot of hard work for two and a half years to get to this moment, but we are of the belief of, of moving forward and you know, like we talked about a couple minutes ago, you know, um, when we first said hello, there's like a range of emotions that are and cycles and that are happening within each hour, within each day, <laughs> within each week, within each month. Right. And so there's a lot of ups and downs. But I think the general consensus, at least from my side, is this is why I'm here. I have an opportunity to share music. I have an audience, which I'm so grateful to still have after all these years. And, and still picking up new people along the way, which is wonderful and I'm grateful for it every day. My contribution right now, for me to sit in silence, I don't think would be helping anybody. It wouldn't be helping me get the stuff out, which always feels like, you know, you know, as an artist as well, like whenever you put something out, it's like you feel a little bit of weight off your shoulder. Don't know why, that's just the, the life of an artist. 
but also I, if it, if it helps to inspire or bring somebody joy for even five minutes a day, then I feel it a worthy endeavor. I love that. So the album I mentioned comes out on August 14th, 14th. How many people are in the band, Nick Perry and the underground thieves? It's a six piece band. All right. Six piece. Uh, and all right. That's awesome. The album comes out in a couple of weeks. I hear so many different things that I love about this album. Uh, first and foremost, the most obvious thing, your guitar work. I, you sound great. Oh, thanks, man. And the, the, I hear a little bit of psychedelic uh, feeling good. The first single I hear some blues. I hear some funk. Maybe like I look at this song as maybe the, the missing link between in excess and Lenny Kravitz. There's something really cool and funky about it. Well, thanks. I, I appreciate that. That's a genuine smile. <laughs> uh, and the video is hilarious. It's you and the band kind of joining forces as you walk through the neighborhood, like the Avengers coming together. Thank you. And uh, I hope you hope you're wearing your Fitbit for that video. You've got your steps in. You know, to do a one take video like that, um, it, it was all one take. No, it was a solid one take, one shot all the way through. We did it. We we rehearsed it, and we did it a lot of times. Let me tell you. Oh, I'm sure. So when people see it, because it's still awaiting release, right? Correct. The video will drop August fifth. All right. It's so much fun. It, it starts with you walking through an alley. It could be an alley in Chicago. I know it's not. Uh, and you start walking and then you just start walking down the street. You're, you, you know, it's feeling good and everyone joins along and it's it's just it's fun to watch. And it's probably easy, easy to make, relatively speaking. No big special effects, just you doing yeah. you. And no post-production, which was fantastic. You know, usually I spend weeks slaving in front of the computer, editing and sound and all, and all kind of crazy stuff. And uh, that part was easy. Once it was in the can, it was easy. But actually getting it right and not being hit by a car and uh, some of the <laughs> various a concern. other things. Always a concern. Yeah, it, it took a little bit of pre-pro, but, but overall it was a really fun experience. Talking about some of the different sounds and styles on the album, there's... Uh, a 1960s almost like pop innocence to the song i want you the keyboards and the harmonies i think totally make that song thank you i love that song it's one of my favorite songs and i'm and one of the songs that people have not heard at all yet so i'm really excited for people to hear it and um yeah thanks man i just i i love that song as well well then i am excited for people can pre-order it i mean like i said it comes out on the 14th uh i'm excited for people to hear this let you know uh, another song on the album different sound it, to me it kind of unfolds like a roger waters song though the way it builds and the the drama and just the vocals everything kind of comes together like not even like a pink floyd song but like a roger waters solo song i love this man i think i need to have you like write the liner notes or something in, <laughs> in the in the uh special edition seriously <laughs> thank you uh i'm i'm a big I'm a huge Pink Floyd fan. There's no hiding it. In fact, for me to deny it would be incredibly inauthentic. Uh, I'm a huge Floyd fan. And a lot of the things that you're saying, I think are spot on. My, you know, this album covers a lot of ground. I'm, I, I couldn't be true to myself and just stick to one very specific lane because my taste in music is very eclectic. People who follow me know I, I used to do a vinyl of the day. I haven't done it so much now, but for years I would show people you know, I'm listening to a vinyl today with my daughter every morning. And um, you got to start the kids early on the records. You have to. So I have I have a large collection of music and a, and a large pool that I, I draw from as inspiration, as stuff that just genuinely moves me. So I think 
the record is probably going to surprise some people that it does have some variety, maybe more than they were expecting. But I do think it still all fits under the umbrella of just, you know, good rock and roll music, you know, I and, would and, hope to think. And I'm sure you're right. I'm sure there are people who want whatever you create with the Underground Thieves to sound like previous bands they want it to sound like the show and tell album they want it to I've, I've been getting that for 15 years yeah yeah yeah. And, and you know what it's a compliment and i'm glad so many people like the record and it's it's really crazy how many years later it's still talked about and and it's still selling copies which is crazy still selling in, in the modern yeah. day of, of streaming that's yeah. that's a nice testament to the music you made Let, let's let's jump around then let's talk a little bit about silver tide i remember i was working for an active rock station at the time we heard the Silver Tide album. We heard Ain't Coming Home. And this was, I mean, it seemed like a no-brainer band. I mean, the song was huge. It charted really well. In the world of rock, you were on some amazing tours. It seemed like it was all systems go for Silver Tide. What, it was. It was until it wasn't. <laughs> well, so, what, what happened? Again, what happened? Uh, a variety of things happened. So, so we... By, by, I mean, because we were already working for a number of years behind the scenes. We'd done an EP called American Excess um, in the UK. By the time Show and Tell came out, you know, we were three, four years in, and then we toured that album hard. It was a full, th it was three years. I mean, a two-year album cycle would have been easy. This was a three-year, <laughs> and each month becomes, when you're on the road that long, it becomes like exponentially more difficult, you know? Sure. So we had strained personalities, um, I think being on the road for too long with no breaks was a big part of it, but there was also problems behind the scenes. And at that moment in time, maybe some people remember, but you know, the mid first decade of the two thousands, kind of at the midway point there, you really had um, kind of the fall of the record industry and all these labels because of downloads, nobody could figure out how to catch up. And it was, you went from having 20 major labels to having three. You know, and the labels were merging, bands were getting dropped, all this and that. So even though we had sold, you know, close to 400,000 albums, which by today's standard is insane, is wonderful. At that time, because we didn't sell a million, we were dropped. Um, now, we could have carried on. We could have find a, found a new label, done it independently. And, and looking back, we probably should have. Because <laughs> we had a huge fan base there waiting, you know. Yeah. But um, because the relationships internally were also strained, I think the collective decision was like, let's just take a breath, and that led to, you know, years and years and years of of off time. There, there's a certain unreality to being on the road that much without any kind of touchstones along the way, and whatever, however great your relationship is with people. I mean, it's like being in quarantine with people for months on end. At some point, there's going to be conflict and little annoyances be just exacerbate to real big pains in the ass. And I'm sure that happens all the time with bands. Totally. But you know what? The other thing, I, I'm, I feel like I'm much more equipped because I've done a ton of touring since then as well. And um, I think also age and life experience plays plays into it. Because sure. now it, when when you're 30, you know, okay, like, I have to live with this person for six months in a tube traveling down the highway, you know? So what can I do to not piss this person off? Right. Right. When you're 17, 18, 
you're like, ooh, what can we do to? Sure. It's like button pushing and what can you get away with? And we were all troublemakers. And uh, there's only so long that that can go on before, you know, stuff gets in, you know, stuff starts getting weird and bad and, and wrong. Well, and to your point, I mean, after Silvertide had its moment, I mean, you played with Perry Farrell and Shinedown and Matt Sorum, and you played with a bunch of veterans who I'm sure elevated your your maturity to touring a little bit yeah yeah for sure yes Uh, and let's go back to some of the tours when silvertide was in full swing van halen velvet revolver it's it's like following the circus from town to town it's funny you said circus because i say when i describe my life story you know from being like all you know catholic all boys shirt and tie you know and then one day I'm in school and the next day I'm like on tour in Japan. I call it joining the circus. And that's what it was like. And then we did the Motley Crue Carnival of Sins tour, which was a circus. <laughs> so literally. it was, it was Velvet Revolver, Van Halen and Motley Crue all in a row. And it was like my liver for like, I don't know, <laughs> three years was hurting. Like it was just, it was, it was insane. Yeah. You might want to switch to kombucha at some point. Probably. Yeah. All right. Let, let's go back to the new album again. Sun Via comes out on the 14th. It is available for pre-order. Nick Perry and the Underground Thieves. Um, I mentioned the blues because I hear a little bluesiness and feeling good. The single. I also hear a little bluesiness, maybe a little psychedelic in the uh, in the song Fall, which is a love song, really. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, for me, guitar playing and, and all music goes back to the blues. I mean, I feel like that's where, unless you're talking about classical music, which is just in a different offshoot, um, I feel like all popular music in some way kind of goes back there. And even if you listen to Pink Floyd, uh, a lot of their earlier work, especially, but even 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 you listen to the solo of Time, and it's like there's a uh, there's like an Albert King lick in Time. You know what I mean? And it's just like wow. It makes me smile, you know, to, or Freddie King or BB King, you know, it has, it has that flavor because Gilmore, even though he was doing this psychedelic, incredible, you know, uh, thematic piece, he still as a guitar player, like loves the blues, you know? And it's like, so I think there's a piece of that in, in a ton of stuff. And there certainly is for me. So good ear and um, you're right on. And I hear funkiness again, and everybody wants one more, more funk there. That one, so I'm a huge Sly and the Family Stone fan. There it is. And yeah, you nailed it, man. Yeah, I, I, I wanted it to be like a gang, like a, like a big family band. So there's a lot of hooting and hollering and whistling and yelling. And it's an onslaught of, of characters. I wanted it to just, just be like a big gang, fun, you know, thing. So this will be available on vinyl. Yep. It's available for, for pre-order now on vinyl, CD, and digital. The vinyl, I'm really excited about. That, that was my question. I, I, knowing how, how much of an enthusiast you are, this is probably and, and Silvertide never did vinyl. So this is like a big, I, this is my first original album on vinyl. I couldn't be more excited. Do you have the test pressing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's so badass. I, I, may have, I may have cried when I first put it on. That's amazing. It was, it, was, it was like religious, you know, it's just a long time coming. So as a record collector, is that something that you got from your parents? Was that something you just came by as a music fan? Not from my parents at all. When I was uh, just discovering and just getting into rock and roll as a teenager, because I started a little bit late. Like I, I grew up in a very conservative house, so we didn't have like rock and roll. I was not allowed to have VH1 or MTV wow. until I reached a certain age. 
Um, so when I was finally exposed to it and, and allowed to participate and, and, and know what was out there in the world, I was 12. So um, from 12 to 16, I was digesting it at an unbelievable pace. You know what I mean? I was signed at 16. So that's crazy. It was four years of where I started playing guitar, discovered rock and roll, and then was in a signed band. So it was just like in that time, it was all day, every day, 18 hours a day. So um, somebody had, and again, this is before records kind of rebloomed and became very popular, which I'm super glad they are now. But at that time, you could find anything for $2. Anything. Absolutely. You know, you could find You could find a double record. Tom, I bought Tommy, right? It was like a double LP, but it's actually like four or is it four or is it two? It's two, two records, four sides. Yeah. Okay. Four sides. That's right. So do I, need to I don't know. It? it was like four, it was like four or $5. It was like the golden era for just nobody wanted records. So, um, you know, you still had CDs even. And um, I, I just, there was something, and, and this ties into my present because, and, and part of my process for album making and record making and wanting to do as much on tape as I can and analog, but I, I believe in the process and the experience. And of course, it's easy, it's convenient, I can listen to, and I do, I participate in the modern world. I have Spotify, I have Apple Music, I listen to music on the go, it's great. But it doesn't substitute when I'm home and I have a record and I have the cover and I put on the record and I drop the needle and I feel the analog sound waves come into my body and, they, and I, it's, a, it's, a, it's an experience. There's, it's a and ritual, it's a, it start to finish, it's a ritual. Yeah, and you can read all the all the liner notes and all the credits and all the pictures, and I'm just I'm totally into it, and I'm as into it at 36 as I was at 16. Like it's just I just love it. It's an experience. Well, and there's something to be said. I I have all the same streaming services, but I, I also collect records, and to me there there's something to be said for locking yourself into an artist's vision. I I am totally ADD when I listen to streaming app whether it's spotify or whatever i'll listen to the first two minutes of a song and i'll just get antsy and i'll start forwarding through stuff and I, I don't settle in when you put on a side of a record you're locked in for 20 minutes the good songs the not so good songs you're in it and there's something that i missed through the years when i stopped collecting records when i stopped listening to cds and went all digital there's something i missed about just that immersion the ritual and just really understanding what the artist was doing it's wonderful that you said that because I do feel like that is something that we've lost a little bit and um, getting to experience it the way, like you said, the artist intended you to experience it, I think is really important. I mean, I can't imagine, I can't fathom like starting the wall or dark side of the moon, like on track six, it has to, exactly. you have to start it from number one. I don't exactly. even like when I'm listening to the radio and I'm driving down the street, if I have the radio on and it's like, I hear money or something like, Sometimes I'll I'll switch to another channel because I want to save that for when I have the experience of listening to that record. I don't want to I don't I can't you can't drop me into Dark Side of the Moon, you know, <laughs> at some random point. Like I want the whole thing. So do you hit? Do you still go to stores and, and buy records, or do you do it online? Um, I'm really big into. I mean, I know that any veil any record is available online. I, I get it, and once in a blue moon. Um, I'll do that. And I'm doing it more now because of the situation. Obviously. Yeah. But the big thrill for me is the hunt. And so I've had records. I have, a, I keep a list with me on my phone. I update it all the time and I'll, it'll, something will stay on that list. I've, I had a record that was on the list for two years 
and I toured and I was going to record stores in every city. And this one record eluded me like you cannot believe. But I finally found it in Boston. It was uh, Aretha Franklin live at the Fillmore. And you, you would think that'd be easier to find. Was not easy to find. Ton, no, of, ton of other Aretha Franklin, but live at the Fillmore with Bernard, Bernard Purdy on drums. And um, who's playing bass? Is it Jane Jameson? It's it, it's a it's a monster record, and for whatever reason, it just eluded me. And, and that's the sort um, of thing you need to listen to on vinyl. You have to, you know. I didn't want to I listen totally to it on it. Apple Music. I want to listen to it on. Yeah. So now, uh, funny enough, two weeks ago, I did go. I ventured out with my mask and and my hand sanitizer, and I I went to a couple record stores just to pick through and see what they had. Um, but primarily now, I'm I'm if I'm in you know hankering for something, I'll I'll go on eBay or just try to find it online. Yeah. When the, when the pandemic started and I, I was holed up and feeling very anxious and just kind of trapped, I found myself doing a lot of online record buying. I, I went on Bandcamp, bought a bunch of like local band stuff. I did some eBay shopping just so I had that steady stream of things arriving at my door. Just, it felt like th this will keep me sane and like grounded. When a record to... shows up, it is a nice feeling. It is. <laughs> it is. When I open the front door and it's kind of leaning up against the door. The cardboard yeah. box, I'm like, yes, it's here. This is even great. the shape of it. The shape of it just makes me happy. The the the, the square <laughs> cardboard carton. Completely agree. I know you've done talking about how these songs on the new album have been around for a little bit. I know videos are important. You've made a bunch of videos around this album. I keep thinking that because of the pandemic and the inability for bands to properly tour, I, I feel like we're at the verge of a video renaissance. Like bands are going to invest more time, energy, and creativity into video making. Seems like you're already there. Well, thanks. Um, I, I'm I'm huge into videos. I, you know, I, I one thing I was allowed to be exposed to growing up, which did have an influence on me as early as six years old, um, was Michael Jackson. For whatever reason, the household loved Michael Jackson, and I remember watching Thriller and being scared out of my mind, uh, <laughs> but just blown away by the cinematic quality. And that, but it was music, but it was like a movie, you know? And I think ever since then I've been really into, and then as a teenager, like someone had given me on VHS, um, it, was a, it was a VHS of all the Guns N' Roses videos ever made. I, you, like you wouldn't even think that they made videos for the non-singles, but they did. They made a music video for almost everything. And, uh, you know, again, seeing like the cinematography and and uh, the the marriage of of audio and visual, and then I'm a huge movie buff as well. So uh, you know, I'm really into Tarantino and spaghetti westerns and and filmmaking and and so I, just like getting into that world, which I think is equally as deep and beautiful as music. Um, for me, they're they're married. So I I don't want to you know just put out music and then go make another record. Like doing the audio, excuse me, doing the visual component uh, or counterpart to me is exciting. You know, it's gonna be more challenging in some ways now, just cause we don't have access to everything that we did. Right. And there's obviously gonna be more, more restrictions and, and, and rules. Um, but I think you're right. And how cool would it be? Um, because when I was eventually able to have MTV and VH1, <laughs> it blew my mind. Oh, yeah. And what a great way to discover music, you know? Well, and MTV, I mean, I, I'm a little bit older than you. Just the idea of hearing a rock band next to a hip-hop band next to a pop group and just 
that, that bullia bass of sounds and it was just totally normal that was cool so you could hear yeah. michael jackson next to gnr next to peter gabriel yeah totally so all right the new album it is out in a mere three-ish weeks nick perry and the underground thieves it is called sun via you can pre-order it where nick uh, well, everything can kind of hub out of nickperrymusic.com and Perry is with an I for those of you who don't know my my uh, history so well, P-E-R-R-I. So nickperrymusic.com, that'll kind of take you, branch you out to all the different things. Fantastic. I want to thank people who've been watching on Facebook Live tonight. Jennifer, Mike, Nick, Nicole, Kirill, Mark, Natalie, thank you all for watching. Uh, I'm going to stop the Facebook Live.